0: Good afternoon, it's Nicole Stevens speaking, and you're listening to The Talking Dead <laughs> with Rose, my partner in crime, Rose Sexton.
1: So I'll hand you over to Rose now. Hello, hello, welcome to our podcast. We've just called it The Talking Dead, we just came up with that idea, and I think we're, we're, we're going to run with it. Uh, today's um, topic is on grief. In the light of the last few months with uh, COVID, being as 2020, um, there's a lot of grief running around in the world. And um, I know for myself personally, June is a, a, a tough month. It's nearly 12 months since my mate Billy died. So um, grief seems to be the, the topic of the day or the topic of the moment. So we're just going to have a little chat about grief. Uh, we've both had um, uh, some interesting experiences around grief. So we're going to have a a little discussion and give you our take on uh, what we've learned, what what things surprised us, what we found was difficult, what kind of gifts we um, have both discovered through the process of grief um, and at the end we're going to give you a couple little take-home messages that, um, that might uh, help you either when you're grieving or when you're around someone who is. So Here we are. So Nicole, do you want to um, just have a little chat about your experience with your brother?
0: Yes, my brother was killed in a car accident on his 18th birthday back in 1988, which was a long time ago. And I was living at home with my parents at the time. When he was, when the police arrived to tell us that he'd been killed in a car accident, we we went into the numb feeling and um the disbelief and then getting in touch with all family to come together and I was I'm the eldest and I was left with my parents not knowing what to do with them and how to support them and I just had some most the most bizarre things that people would say they w- they were telling me to take them to the doctor and to, to get my parents sedated so that that's, they're
1: That's amazing, I, yeah. I just find that incredible I mean I guess that's part of the um, the time that, that they were living in but uh, just the idea, that's such a, a great example of um, how uncomfortable people are with death and grieving, it's sort of like oh get the grieving person away from us or you know, sedate them so that they're not making us feel feel uncomfortable too yeah, that uh, was it.
0: They just didn't didn't know what to do with them. And I was only in my early 20s. Uh, so I wasn't really sure, but I thought that that was really wrong. So uh, I let them, you know, just grieve and talk and and have um, make sure that we had all my family coming around to support us. Um the it, really important thing for me was to um when my brother's body was sent off to the coroner's court and when his body came back it was really important for us to go and see him Mm. and um my parents couldn't see him they didn't want to and Mm. nor could my grandparents but I can remember my grandmother kissing a tissue and taking it to to um to taking it to my brother to give mm. it to to leave it with his body the tissue that she yeah. kissed, oh, yeah which was heartbreaking, heartbreaking. yeah so that mm-hmm. that's that's a really vivid memory in my mind. It's interesting yeah. that
1: your parents couldn't bring themselves to go and see his body. Did they ever see him again? Did they um, view him at the funeral directors or?
0: My dad and his brother went to identify Adam so i th- and it was a head on car mm. crash, so that was in my dad's brain, so he c- he couldn't go and see yeah. see him after he'd been cleaned up, which was I think would have been
1: a lot better for my dad to go and do
0: and um, yeah, and I
1: think that's the hard thing you know you only get one crack at that yeah you know, there's there's only that one opportunity while you're going through that you know it um in the early stages after someone's died, until the funeral, and then whatever happens to their body, then that that you don't get that time back again, and it's so hard to know uh, how to um, how to counsel someone uh, and try and encourage them into you know what's going to be good for them. You know, the, the idea of not seeing him, I don't know whether I could stand it, especially as a as a parent. I don't know that I could uh, handle not. Um, not being in charge of the body and not not being able to say goodbye properly and that sort of thing. It's
0: yeah, it was... It, I, um, I was driving, so I took all my cousins and my brother, my other brother, to see Adam and to say goodbye. And for me, that was incredibly important. Mm. to And also to acknowledge that he's died. Yes, yes, that's right. That he's not going to come, you know, yeah. back. Mm. And so that that was really important but it was yeah like you said very sad that my parents weren't encouraged Mm. to go and say goodbye and also knowing now what I know it would have been really lovely for us to be able to prepare his body yes to to be able to dress him in his he was a real Jimmy Barnes fan so dress him in his Jimmy Barnes t-shirt and jeans and you know those special things
1: yeah that's the hard thing when when it's sudden and young like that uh you're so shocked, I suppose that it's hard to have the presence of mind to to think now how do we do this right? you know mm. how, how do we go through this process that's um going to honor him as best as best we can and that leaves us with um a lasting memory of satisfaction that we did it you know the right way
0: yeah, and a ritual a yes. really you know mm, significant so ritual would have been good too, yeah. It, mm. Yeah so that that um and now looking back it would have been lovely to have a doula supporting us mm. through yeah. that process <laughs> too yeah. you know to guide us through that when you're in so much grief and you're numb you don't know mm. and you don't know who to turn to and people don't know what to say to yeah. you when you're grieving mm. or you've just lost somebody so i think that, that yeah, yeah that that's um something that i found quite interesting yeah. and what
1: about you rose uh, well i my experience is different you know we knew it, it was coming and you know, bill was 52 when he died so um he lived a bit of a life and uh we had a, a time to plan a little bit uh we didn't he wasn't actually game enough to plan his own funeral he didn't talk about that too much um uh so that was sort of more or less left up to me and um One of his sisters, uh, which was interesting because you know, I only knew him for you know four years. Um, there was probably a lot of things that that could have been included in his funeral that I didn't get it, I didn't have the presence of mind to um to orchestrate because you know, I I was I ended up being in charge, so (laughs) it was sort of like the funeral that I wanted to give him. (laughs) I think, um, it did pretty well. at the time and you, and you can only do the best at the time you know it was all so intense near the end I didn't have I was exhausted um, and it, it. like I say it was such an intense experience and so that intensity was swirling around me the whole time and, and because I'm uh, I love to write you know I was writing with intensity as well um, trying to make things as significant and um, uh, Useful as possible, the ritual in, around his um, funeral was, um, you know, I was trying to trying to do everything the right way all the time. So I think I, I did as well as I could have at the time. Mm. Yeah, you know, now now I think you know there's probably other things I could have done, but you know, you did your best. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sure if he'd had a chance to um, or had the the wherewithal to put in a few plans in place and he, look he did He's, he told me what kind of music he wanted and who who was to play that which was me <laughs> and on which guitar um uh, and uh, where he wanted to be buried and those those sort of things made it easier for me to make those decisions um but uh in terms of Grieving, sort of, uh, after the funeral, and just talking about funeral, it's sort of been ongoing. It's nearly twelve months for me, and now it's, as you say, mm. what thirty two mm, years a long for you. Um, I think um, the uh, the the thing that surprised me, or well, not so much surprised me, but it, the thing I've learnt, say, in the last twelve months of, of grieving, you know, a very someone who's very close, is um, that it's it's not. Grief isn't something to be healed. It's not a, an illness uh, and it's not something you get over. It's not, um, it's not sort of like, oh, well, you know, you've had your four weeks off work now, so come on back and, and we won't talk about it ever again. You know, that, all that nastiness is behind us now, isn't it? Uh, and You're not going to bring it up and make us all feel uncomfortable. Um, and that, look, that's not, that hasn't generally been my experience. But it is easy for people uh, even you know people in your life to just sort of life just goes on and mm. and you know the spaces close up and you know they're not going to ring you every week and say how are you going now yeah <laughs> and are you still okay about Bill and um, but there is there has been times that I just wish someone would give me a call and and or just sort of say what was Bill like or you know tell me about when he played that you know uh, the way he played the guitar or, you know I want to talk about him still. And I'm sure you're the same with your brother. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And just um, even, you know, sitting down with somebody and looking at photos mm. and reminiscing about that time in that photo or or a special thing that you have that reminds you of a special event and bringing up those memories yeah. around that special event. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's yes. all
0: really important to remember that person. Yes. Because and
1: they were a significant part of your life. Yes. And I think um, no one knows like the, the relationship you have with the person who's died, it's, it's a unique relationship for everybody. You know, Everyone knows somebody in a different way, slightly different way. Uh, and um, if it's someone very special, you want to communicate that specialness. You know, you wanna communicate how um, how funny they were or the, the special things that you did together. So particularly for me, Bill and I had a, a very sort of um, private kind of relationship we didn't. We weren't the traditional couple, so we didn't sort of go out to dinner parties, and so there's, there wasn't a lot of uh, the two of us going out and people experiencing us as a couple like that. Um, so most of our relationship happened with just the two of us, and so I feel like so few people know who we were together, you know. Yeah. And and of course that's what's been lost. You know, for me, I've lost yeah. that. I've lost that connection uh, with someone. Uh, that I don't have with anybody else, mm. and so that whole part of me being expressed the way I expressed myself with Bill is no longer there. So I'm grieving that as well. I've, I've lost him, but I've also lost um, my expression of when I was with him. Yeah, yeah, and you know, it's it, that's you, know, you can't get that back. No, that, that is lost, and and it's the same for anybody. That relationship is gone too.
0: Yeah, it's not just the that's person. That's right, and. And also your hopes and dreams for mm. the future. Mm. Uh, it, it, mm. With grief, you're grieving those losses yes. that you're not going to be able to have those too. And grief yeah. isn't a linear thing. No, not no. at all. We've been, um, Rose and I have been um, listening to a few grief workshops on Zoom mm. while we've been in lockdown. Yeah. And there's been some really interesting ones. Yeah. And the thing about grief is that there's different stages of grief... And you could be popping in and out of all those different stages at any particular time. Mm. Something might trigger you and you'll drop back into, you know, having a good cry and remembering things. Yeah. But But it's not a, a linear, you know, process of, oh, you, sh- you go through this stage and you go through this stage and you go through this stage. It's like a big glass that's full of lots of scribbles yes.
1: <laughs> is, is the best yeah. way that I could put it. Yeah. Yeah, it... and I think yeah, like I say I think the, the important thing to realise is that um, it's not something you get over it's a matter of integrating that experience the, the experience of loss into your life you pick it up and you put it in your pocket and you carry it with you um, and sometimes you take the Take the the grief out from your pocket and have a look at it. <laughs> Turn it over in your hands and yeah, and uh, sit sit with it for a while, and then you put it back in your pocket. Um, uh, and it doesn't necessarily um get easier. And yes, it's not something you sort of right. Well, that's done then. Yes, <laughs> let's get on with things. Yeah, I yeah. think that's that's a really important thing for for all of us to remember. You know, everyone's experiencing. Um, grief and loss in some way, yep. um, and to have that expectation on yourself that no, you need to get over that now. It's sort of um, time is time is gone. Um, that's really not not what we want to um, be looking at. Or yeah, encouraging.
0: It's about being gentle with yourself, mm. and yeah, and um, all of those, you know being gentle with yourself allowing those emotions to come up and acknowledge them yes as well
1: yeah um just got one question for you nicole if you had to uh, name or identify any particular gifts that came out of the loss of your brother would you would you be able to um
0: oh adam my brother's name was adam and adam gave me the gift of wanting to know more about death and wanting to he he gave me the gift of putting me on the journey of Ooh. being an end of life doula and supporting people through the end of their life and wanting to know more about what happens after life he gave me that gift yeah. and that's a huge gift to give yeah. me so Ooh. i i'm really mm. that was very valuable for me mm. yeah yes, and what about you guys
1: when when you talk to a lot of doulas that's been an experience for nearly everybody. They've they've had an experience of loss, or uh, come up against someone who's been dying, and they want to. Um, it's it's spurred them on to want to help more people. Yeah, yeah or support yeah. people. Uh, for trails? me, um, for me the um uh, the almost immeasurable really, uh, the the gifts that I received from actually taking care of him were just um it was just an enormous privilege to be there for somebody Mm -hmm. in that space and to to be able to uh, support him and give him exactly the kind of death that he wanted Um, and that certainly helped my grief you know like I know Mm -hmm. I know I did everything I could to give him um, as perfect a death as he could have asked for and knowing exactly what he wanted Mm. Um, and and I think just uh, yeah, like I, as my blog is called "Grief and Gratitude," it is just this imma- immense gratitude for uh, being lucky enough to have him in my life and to to look after him and and what we went through together. It was you know as I said, just a huge intensity, um, and I'm sure the the gifts are still unfolding. Mm. Yeah, I'll yeah. keep on seeing uh, what it's given me over time. Yeah. So the take-home message, Nicole, what would, you, um, what would you like people to know about grieving if there's sort of a, a few little nuggets of gold <laughs> that you can pass on? My,
0: my take-home message would be if, if you know somebody who's, just, who's, who's lost somebody, um, acknowledge the person that's died to mm. the person that's grieving. Acknowledge them because they were a really big part of their life. And also allow the person who's grieving to talk and allow Um, them to cry mm -hmm. and allow them to express themselves and just listen. Don't touch them, don't Don't give them tissues, don't do anything yeah. just be there hold the space for them because mm. that's so important when you give somebody tissues or when you cuddle them you're stopping them from allowing them to express themselves yes so, yeah.
1: interrupting that uh, that f- sort of energy field that they've they've got around them you know, they're going through something and yeah you coming along and touching the knee or or hugging them or anything does does break that Mm. that process it's, it's a really important I learnt that a couple of years ago um, at a conference that I was at and I thought that is such an important thing to know and because we all want to rush in there it's just such a human nature thing to do to rush in and try and help people stop feeling bad yeah so that's a, that's yeah. a really big a really big thing to, um, to take home
0: <laughs> yeah so just sit with them yeah. and just be there and mm. listen yes listen yeah. Yeah, cause it, and that, you
1: know that's a pretty powerful thing to to just be there and and you know this this phrase holding space it really is just holding a um holding them safe mm. while they go through this and it's that's it can be very intense yeah um but very rewarding yeah. that's the best thing I mm. think that you could do for for yeah. somebody now Rose well, what's your take well, home my take home and I, know, I remember my sister saying this to me uh, it must have been just after Bill died um and she's a funeral director and she said take your time there's no hurry (laughs) and i still remember her words ringing in my ears Mm -hmm. um and i've i've you know over this last 12 months i've discovered just how important that is and now this is the one thing that i will always say to people as i help them when if their loved one has just died because i'm a nurse um uh, to just take your time, and that that means take your time with the funeral. There's no hurry with that. Um, take your time with uh, sending the body off. Even you know all those mm. simple things in that very early stages. Don't hurry anything. Um, and then as time goes by, uh, I was just telling Nicole a minute ago that um, I remember uh, my mother once my father had died. Mm. Uh, it was like the day after the funeral. I think she um she was busy trying to talk to a real estate agent about selling the house and you know that could be construed as heartless or um you know denial or whatever it is but and it's probably i think it it's a very common response that you want to you want to clean things up and get things done so that you to avoid uh just sitting in these feelings of of loss and grief because it's really hard to just sit in it so you know we are, our, our response is to do something you know so just keep do something and I know I feel like I, I cleaned up a lot of bills stuff way too soon, mm. you know. In the end, I sort of I did leave it for a while. I thought I'd left it long enough, um, but now I I wish that I had left it even longer. Um, and you know, don't judge anybody for for not doing not not going through and cleaning up the house, or you know, don't judge anyone for leaving the room exactly as it was, you know. If it's a child, mm. um, I guess it's it's everyone's going to go through it differently. And it's a very personal thing. Uh, there, there will come a time when you're ready to do that. Now, I think if it's, if the room is still there twenty years later, then you could possibly start asking questions. <laughs> you could possibly offer some support, <laughs> yeah. and maybe I can help you
0: clean that but, up. Um,
1: yeah, I think just just go slow and let and let grief unfold in its own way. There's there's absolutely no right way of going through it, um, and and integrating it into your life. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I've um seen a really beautiful sculpture about grief and there's a person like this this person and there's a hole in the middle.
1: Yes. And, yeah, yes. So that, that. is it's beautiful.
0: That's really um to yeah. me defines grief, but yeah. But your body grows around that yeah. that hole. Yes. And it's still there, but you grow right. and you learn to grow around it. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. So yeah, Now Rose, I'd like to say that um, we've, Rose and I are putting together a monthly newsletter and we would like you, if you're interested in learning more about us, we'd like you to head to our webpage and to sign up for our newsletter yep. and it will have a lot of different topics in it and I will allow, um, yeah. jump over to Rose to describe <laughs> yes. those. Yes,
1: so the web, the, our webpage is endstagematters.com. Um, and the newsletter is going to have things like a book review every month uh, and an interesting article uh, a podcast just like this one um, notification of events that we've got coming up little editorial piece uh, there's a few other things and I can't think what they are probably some some uh, funny little things because you know grief is sometimes or death is sometimes a um, a topic of uh, fun and humor, humor yes. <laughs> and we don't want to forget that no <laughs> um and so yes we would uh, strongly encourage you to head over to the website com and uh sign up and it'll only be once a month we won't bother you with um annoying emails every second day uh but we'd love to keep in touch with you uh, our doula services will be advertised there um and our advanced care planning workshops and our uh cafe events that we've just come up with the name and it's uh, drinks at the doorway <laughs> so that'll be um yes. sun i think it's on a sunday afternoons uh once a month on a sunday afternoon but we'll we'll be holding other events and you want to keep in touch they'll either be online or in person um and uh also about the play and where we where we're going to show the play uh the next time that the, will be a get a chance to after be after theater <laughs> yes so um thank you for listening It's been great having you here. Thank you for dropping in. And thank you, Nicole.
0: Yeah, thanks, Rose. (laughs) And we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, all right. See you you next month. Bye.